Hi there and welcome back to the Proud to be Queer podcast. I'm your host Steve. This week's guest is Chris Matley. Chris was the winner of Role Model of the Year for Education at this year's Queer Student Awards and one of the reasons that he picked up that award was for the fantastic work he's done creating an LGBTQ plus safe space for students in William Farr C of E School who also picked up School College of the Year at the awards. I caught up with Chris last week to find out more about him and the fantastic work he's doing in the school. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to, just before we hit record there, we were talking about the awards, weren't we? I'm just on the cusp of starting to think about next year. So it's nice to be able to invite you onto the pod and have a conversation. Let's start by um, having an introduction on yourself then. Um, so uh, my name is uh, Chris Malley. Um, I'm a geography teacher at uh, William Farr Church of England School uh, in a little village called Welton that's just outside of um, uh, Lincoln. Uh, and um, I was really sort of proud and honoured and uh, amazed to sort of not only be nominated for um, sort of role model of the year in an education setting, but also the school was nominated as a school or college um, of the year in the education section of the, the Queer Student Awards. Um, and uh, just overjoyed and blown away to to win in both categories. So, um, so I've been teaching for uh, sixteen years. Um, I've spent those sixteen years at William Far School, um, and um, it was my sort of first school after doing my placement trainings. Um, and um, uh, kind of have been stuck there ever since. And stuck's probably the the wrong words because it's it's a really really lovely place to be um you know the the kids are brilliant and um you know when you train to be a teacher uh, you know uh, quite rightly i think they put you in some kind of tough schools to sort of test your metal um and it's it's really lovely to work at a place where the kids uh, want to, want to be in the lessons and they want to learn um, so yeah, I teach geography, um, but sort of on the side, um, about nine years ago now, um, I set up a, a kind of LGBT um, support group, uh, a kind of network within the school. Um, so that's called uh, the LGBT plus space. Um, we let the kids sort of name it um, and come up with the, the kind of the template for how they, they want it, it to be. And, and really that um, that group has gone from sort of strength to strength. Um, we've been featured in um, Stonewall sort of publications of how to how to set up an LGBT uh, sort of youth group uh, a network. Um, we do a we get six years ago we invited to a kind of conference in the Lincolnshire area of NHS professionals. So um, the kids go and speak to doctors, nurses, surgeons, mental health professionals about being um, LGBT and what it is and how, you know, the, the, the NHS can better sort of help and support. Um, and, uh, and for me, that's one of the, 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 the joyous moments, seeing the kids sort of shoulders back in front of a room of, you know, over 100 people. Um, and we're the only group that's ever been invited back and we've been invited back six times now. So um, that's brilliant. 
Um, we're just about to take the kids uh, to Lincoln Pride, which is this weekend on Saturday. Amazing. Um, so, so yeah, the, the group is, um, it's evolved, it's changed in its kind of six years, uh, and I've certainly evolved with it, um, and my sort of standing in the, in the school and my sort of position and my sexuality um, in terms of my honesty with it and my acceptance of it. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, a really amazing journey. Um, and the thing I think that I take away from it on a day-to-day -day basis is, um, you know, there are kids that are alive um, in my kind of school community who, you know, they come and say, if it wasn't for this, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, and we've had some real, real deep cases, some real um, difficult um, sort of situations with parents and acceptance of their child and being able to work with that child, support them, help them through, and sometimes help the parents to understand that, you know, their, their child is still their child. Nothing has changed. Those are the, the kind of really life affirming moments that you know that you can't put a price on and, and you shouldn't have a price on them really because they are just they're so important that that student gets to be be themselves yeah absolutely and i mean congratulations on all the great work you're doing and for the two awards the one for Thanks. yourself and the one for the for the work that's going on in the school as well i know from i don't get involved in the actual judging itself but I see all of the comments and I see everything that comes back in terms of that judging process and you were miles ahead in both categories so it was it was really great to be able to to hand that out on the evening it was it was so I mean the thing that I think um it's just so humbling I, I mean and especially because I'd, I'd seen the seen the the queer student awards I'd seen them sort of um out and about obviously last year with um um, being online and the, the COVID and the pandemic and things like that um, and I'd sort of seen them and I thought oh they look really really cool they look really really great um, and I think you know to know that there was a judging panel that that sat and looked is is, is incredible um, but I, another kind of really heartwarming thing was um, that we as a as a result of the sort of the, the, the work that we do in school and the, the, the stuff that the, that the kids do um, we end up supporting lots of other schools, lots of other schools hear about us and sort of say, how do you do it? Um, because I think fundamentally schools want to do the right thing that, you know, they want to get things right. Um, and so everyone's nervous and they feel that, you know, they're going to break some rule or, 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 or do something, you know, which is obviously huge legacy of Section 28 and, uh, and the damage that that uh, did. Um, and to, to find out that a school that we helped had nominated us and hadn't said at all. So when the nomination came through, I was kind of floored because I didn't know where it had come from. Um, and I didn't know for quite some time um, because we, we support a lot of schools. And I was like, Who's, how's this appeared? <laughs> um, and so to, to, to know that a school thought really highly of us and then to, to be, then kind of go through that judging process is just it just you know it makes your cheeks hurt it's so nice so oh that's lovely to hear 
Right, so I'm going to I want to pick up on a few things that you've um, uh, kind of spoken to there. So there's section 28, there's the safe space that you've included, that you've created within the school there as well. But for yourself, let's focus a little bit on that to start with. So I know that kind of being proud about who you were from kind of what we've done before this recording wasn't always the case. So could you talk us through that? Yeah, so um, I think that um, I... I think that I, I kind of had that realization that I was um, my sexuality wasn't heterosexual. Um, probably when I was about kind of twelve, thirteen, and at that time, um, being LGBT plus in the United Kingdom um, wasn't very easy at all. Um, it was kind of the late eighties, early nineties. Um, you had the print media and newspapers, you know, talking about perverts and, you know, um, queers and, um, you know, you were at the height of the AIDS epidemic. So, you know, little 12, 13 year old me thought I'm, 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 I'm a pervert. I'm, I'm going to catch this disease. I'm going to die. Um, something is wrong with me. Um, you know, I have to hide this and huge, huge, um, you know, vats of shame and guilt. Um, and those aren't very good emotions for human beings to deal with. Um, so I sort of buried all of that um, for years, decades even. Um, and, I, you know, I, I told myself that perhaps I was bisexual and that this was a phase and I would grow out of it. Um, but I kind of made it through secondary school uh, through into sixth form and then out to kind of university and it was a university I started to take my kind of first faltering steps of acceptance mm -hmm. and when I look back on my kind of journey as a as a human being as a as, as a gay man um, it was one that very wet went from sort of shame utter shame uh, and guilt to begrudging acceptance almost tolerance um, I'm with a I, I can reflect back now and quite honestly say that there was a lot of internalized homophobia that had been fed me. I'd been taught that. I'd been taught to be ashamed of myself. So it, it makes my skin crawl to say it. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I was one of those. Um, I used to sort of describe myself as the atypical gay, you know. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a guy that fancies guys, you know, I don't, I, 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 and I had been taught that I'd been taught this kind of thing of, uh, there were so many stereotypes about being a gay man that, and I looked around and I was like, I don't fit any of these places. And I, I don't fit there and I don't fit there. And I feel completely and utterly alone. So, um, you know, I can look back now and say that I wasn't a very good person in my 20s. I was very lonely. I was very closeted. I didn't I didn't do anything. I, I kind of had become to this kind of acceptance of being gay, but I didn't allow myself to go into any spaces. I didn't allow myself to to go and meet other people because I felt that I would almost legitimize it. And that I that it would and and then it would kind of come true, so I I went from sort of shame to kind of this begrudging acceptance, almost tolerance, and I hate the word tolerance because it 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 makes you kind of it feels like you're you know I'm accepting that with weight and you know with terms on it, yeah. Um, yeah. And then really, um, 
with some work and some self-education and 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 some counseling i'm happy to say that you know i, I went and i had some counseling and, and sort of spoke to somebody because i'd almost denied myself that i'd kind of shut off all of those kind of experiences of i had no role models i had no people that i could look to and speak to and all of those role models that were out there in the you know the lgbt scene in bars and clubs and things i'd held those at sort of arm's length as well so with a lot of kind of work and self-work and a lot of reading and educating i kind of developed this kind of first kind of seeds of pride um of, of feeling happy about who i was and uh, but even those came with almost like conditions. I kind of kept giving myself these almost milestones of, right, um, I'll come out to my friends and my family here. And then it, and then that milestone kind of arrived. I saw, right, I'll tell them when I go to university, because if if my parents disown me and they, you know, they, they don't think that this is a, 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 something that they can accept, then I'm out then and I'm at university and it's fine. And university came and went and nothing happened. And then I sort of said, well, I'll do it when I buy my first house, because then if, again, if they reject me and shun me, then I, I've got my own place and I'll be self-sufficient. And that came and went. And then I was like, right, I'll do it when I have my first partner, because they'll be able to support me when it all goes wrong. And I'd been fed this, I'd been taught that it was all going to go wrong. It was all you, the life that you were going to leave is going to be one that's lonely and depressive. Um, and, you know, you'll be shunned by everybody. And all of these milestones came and went, and I still never said anything. Mm. Um, and so I, t I told my friends, told my friends in kind of the, 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 the twenty my, my kind of tw tw early 20s, 21, 22, and they were brilliant and lovely um but i i hid it from my university friends didn't didn't tell anybody at university that um, i was gay um and so i had a little core group of people that i could be honest with um but it was only really in my kind of late 20s that i started to feel with some work and some education started to feel kind of proud of, of, of me um you know and i remember going to my first pride when i was kind of like 20 28 29 and and that was lincoln pride um where i live which wasn't you know a big you know a london pride or a birmingham or a manchester it was this little lovely kind of quainty kind of and it was perhaps it was the the perfect pride to go to um but i i do think that they're kind of that um the one kind of moment that i had that really sort of stoked the embers and stoked the fire and this sounds sort of silly, is, is the movie Pride um, about the miners' strike and yeah. um, yeah. lesbian yeah. gay support the miners. I watched that film and I came away feeling good, not only as a human being, like I felt good, you know, that human beings from whatever background can get together and talk and listen and accept. But it was the first time that I had gone, wow, here are a group of LGBT plus people who did something that made a difference. They looked after somebody else, even in the face of all of that hate and all of that guilt and all of that shame that was put on, you know, the LGBT plus community. And I think that that was the first time that I'd heard a kind of authentic story. And that made me go, do you know what? Actually, that's a really, that's, a, that's amazing. I could do, you know, I can do good. I can, I can be um, accepted for who I am and not shunned and hated. And even if there is hate, there is people with open arms that are willing to listen and you know talk. 
and so that really sort of stoked the the, the fire really then the the embers um and then from there you know um uh set up the group at school um and the group at school um was created for a student in my form um i had a, a student who had um she'd moved from america um she used to live in lincolnshire she parents had gone away to america and then she'd come back um and she's kind of joined school and she said oh does the does the school have a gsa and i was like still closeted at work hadn't told anybody none of my colleagues knew and i but we were very accepting school we i guess you know we look back now uh, and the words that we used to use was tolerant and again i kind of hate that word because it kind of sets a sort of a begrudging acceptance we and there were students that were openly lgbt at school um and i remember um on leavers day my first leavers day at, at william far um i remember you know you do the shirt signing and the kids yeah. decorate their shirts and things like that um, and there was a there was a lad with a huge rainbow on the back of his shirt that had been embroidered and on. And I kind of remember as a closeted gay man, I remember leaning to someone and going, is, is, is that normal? Like, does he get picked on? Is you know?" And they were like, no, he's absolutely fine. Why would they? And that kind of blew my mind a little bit because we were a Church of England school and my brain goes, you know, LGBT, religion, disconnect. Um, and so I knew that I was in a kind of an, a, a, a place that was quite special. Um, and this student in my form said, do you have a GSA? And as a gay man, I was like, I have no idea what a GSA is. What is it? And she said, she said, it, she said, it's a gay straight alliance. They have them in American schools. And I said, well, we don't, um, you know, we're, we're a very open school. There are people who are openly LGBT. Why, why, why would we need one? And then something kind of that stuck in my kind of, you know, jaw and went, well, hang on, we've got, you know, we will have a chess club, we've got a rugby club, we've got a Christian union, we've got, you know, a, a book club, why wouldn't we have a space for LGBT plus um, students? And so I went to the senior managers at the, um, at the school, um, you know, and, and I have to say, you know, big thanks to um, you know, people like uh, there's a lady called Jenny West and Helen Bates, um, who on who were on the senior team, um, and you know, a few of them said, "Do we need one?" You know, students are absolutely fine, um, and mm -hmm. they were really, really supportive. And I said, "Well, look, you know, what what can go wrong? You know, let's 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 go for it." Um, and we set a kind of lunchtime and a, a space, a, a room and put a notice in the bulletin and just sort of said, well, let's see who turns up. And the first meeting, it was me and the girl in my form. That was it. Uh, and I was still closeted. I uh, hadn't told anybody at school. Uh, and then we did some assemblies, me and this um, girl and sort of promoted a little bit. And then we started to get, you know, five people at lunchtime, 10 people at lunchtime. And it just grew and grew and grew. And you would get people that would walk past the door and kind of look in and then run off. Um, and it kind of got bigger and bigger. And you, you tended to have a lot of kids who would come and see you and maybe knock on your office door and say, so I just want you to know that I'm gay. Um, I don't think I'll ever come to the club. I'm not ready yet, but it, it makes me feel really, really warm to know that it exists. So thank you. Um, and then uh, again, I'm still not out um, at school, and you you tend to get you, you know you hear people in the staff room going, why why is why is Chris Matley running that group? Like why 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 is he doing it? I don't understand. 
Um, and, you know, I, I, at this point, I'd kind of happily married myself to my job and that, you know, I'd come home and work, go home and come home and work um, and those kind of things. Um, and then um, I was ahead of year. So I had a group of 250 kids who were my kind of responsibility. And I had a new sort of layer of guilt of, well, I've lied to them. I've lied to them for, I had them in year seven and took them all the way through to, to six forms. So that's seven years. And I tried to do my, you know, I set up the group. I tried to change the lessons at school to make them more LGBT inclusive, um, you know, and, and change the kind of the PSHE curriculum and things like that. So I tried to tinker at the scenes, but I was still doing it as a lie, like mm -hmm. as, as, under, under false pretenses. Um, so I, I made an appointment with the head teacher um, and I sat outside his office like a naughty schoolboy um and kind of got invited in uh, and I, I i thank my head teacher at the time a chap called andy stones I, I i thank him so so much um and i went in and i asked permission to come out and he was like why are you asking me permission like why like you don't need permission for that and i said but you're a church of england school i don't want to cause any problems i don't want you know the wrath of parents to come down on 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 the school you know um so i'm i'm asking he was we had a we had like an hour conversation he was really lovely and really supportive and he you know he said to me why now like why i don't you know you've worked here for a while why um and i said that you know when i started the school i kind of all of that stuff was buried under huge layers of shame and guilt and i thought that if i could be a really really good teacher then if a kid found out that I was gay, they might not go, you know, and be homophobic and reject me. Because when I trained to be a teacher, the, the kind of conversation of being LGBT came up once, came up once. And again, I completely understand why it was a different time. It was only about two years after Section 28 had been uh, removed. And it came up once and they kind of said, just don't talk about it. If you are LGBT in this room, if you mention it, you will put a target on your back. You will, it, it will make you vulnerable. Don't do it. And so I went into school with that. I went into school with that warning, all of the shame, all of the guilt, the legacy of Section 28 and the fact that it was a Church of England school. And it was just this pot of don't say anything. So my head teacher at the time said, why, why now? And I said, well, I feel that I built up a good standing as a teacher. I think that kids enjoy my lessons. I've got a good reputation. And so if if me being honest about my sexuality makes one kid go, oh, he's a nice guy. I didn't, you know, I, you know, if that changes one kid's perspective who might have come from a really homophobic um, family where they were, you know, steeped in hate and nastiness. And if one person goes, well, actually, he's not what, you know, people say gay, you know, men are like or you know, those kind of things, then then it would have been worth it. And the head teacher was like, that's all I needed to hear. It's all I needed to hear. Um, so, so yeah, I, I've kind of gone from shame, internalized homophobia, acceptance to this kind of burgeoning pride. And my pride comes from being able to, to look after kids who in other schools and in other places they might not get the support and the the acceptance that they get um so yeah
that's a kind of a long, long version. That's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, hearing you tell your story there, do you think, or maybe have you reflected on this already, how kind of seeing that young man with the rainbow on his back and could have maybe been a trigger of maybe think about how coming out of teacher training where they said you're putting a target on your back and there's literally a child there with a rainbow on their back. Precisely, precisely. And and I and I think all of these kind of little moments are the things that kind of nudge you forward. Um, you know, I remember um, at the it was only a few years ago now. People reflecting on you know the legacy of Section Twenty Eight and uh, and what had happened. And I remember, and again, I I, I can't claim credit for it because um, I, I'm, I'm I'm not as quick witted as this at all. But I remember seeing a tweet. Um, you know of uh, uh, from somebody um, and it said things that I was taught about at school Oxbow Lakes the dissolution of the monasteries um, Henry VIII uh, and covalent bonding and I didn't turn into any of these things that I wasn't taught about at school being gay being LGBT and I you know and and it was it was this it was this lovely kind of witty response to this whole thing which still exists today you know that if children hear about lgbt people their experience in their lives that somehow it's uh you know this hidden agenda this kind of you know the 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 gay agenda the lgbt agenda that somehow if we we teach kids about people and other human beings that they will become it and i i think it's such a it's such a powerful yet kind of witty response and it's one that i use all the time um because i i wasn't that was denied me those role models those figures those uh, a friendly ear yet i'm still a happy successful healthy gay man um and it does unnerve me that we seem to be kind of stumbling towards a kind of section 28 part two with 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 the trans community and the, some of the, the the kind of comments that are coming out of certain members of um the government and it, it scares me it really really does um because you know these are children who are at them most vulnerable they 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 need help they need support they need visibility they need to know that it's okay and having done that as a human being and tore myself apart, um, you know, and I, I came out to my parents last year. So I was, I'm, I'm, I'm 38. So I came out to my parents at the age of 37. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that, um, again, is, is more guilt and more shame. Why couldn't I tell my parents why? And it was because I had, an education experience. I had a young person's experience of being steeped in poor messages, no role models, no visibility, and the 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 impact that that's had on me has lasted up until now. And I am I am a happy, happy, healthy you know human being, uh, and I'm very lucky. You know, I'm a white cisgendered gay man. Um, you know, I'm not black. I'm not trans. I'm not non-binary. Um, so really, in the kind of the pantheon of LGBT plus stories, I, I've got a quite an easy one. But all of that toxic shame has led me to being 
finally honest with the people that I love and care about the most last year. That was it. Yeah. Um, and that's the power that the sort of visibility and role models have. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I think you're right. There are these moments where, you know, that that target on the back that I was told about to then come to, you know, my first teaching kind of place and see a literal target on my back. I mean, one of the things um, we, the, the kids, when they come to the LGBT plus space, they're like, can we have a badge? And I was like, why would you want a badge? I'm like, can we, can we have a badge? And my, my brain, when they first asked was like, uh oh, you know, essentially you're putting a big, you know, um, <laughs> precisely, exactly. And I was like, but well, are you sure? And they were like, it's not a problem. And, you know, again, this is why there is something special. Um, you know, kids, kids accept kids. They're taught to be nasty. They're taught to be, whether it's racist, homophobic, biphobic, transphobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They pick this up from other places. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of I bought these badges, these pin badges. Um, and, um, you know, I kind of gave them out and I said, look, you know, be really sure. Be re I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to go home and have it on your, your blazer. And then that cause a conversation that you're not ready to have, you know. Uh, and I said, oh, but equally, I'm not encouraging you to take it off and hide it. And, uh, you know, I just want you to be happy. Um, and, I, you know, I must have now... I must have spent a good two thousand, three thousand pounds on badges because as kids come and go, um, you know. And as I said, the, the what's amazing for me in in the nine years that the LGBT plus space has existed, it's completely evolved. When we started, um, we it was six formers and year 11s the kind of the older students um who, who came and it was very much a kind of they come, they meet each other, they want to kind of chew the fat of issues that were going on in the news and the media and those kind of things um and then we got kind of a few younger students would come you know the kind of the, the brave you know the brave kids you know who would come along and they would see these older students and get sort of emboldened and happy you know we we started doing inset to staff we, we're the first you know, we have a kind of if you if you're you know if you're good at your job you're asked to to do inset so if you're good at you know a particular style of teaching you're asked to do it and we were asked the kids were asked the first students to ever give inset at school um and they come and the staff come uh, and it's always after school and the kids stand up and they have a little speech and they, you know and you see the kids leave that that inset their shoulders back going yeah actually you know i've just i've just taught my teachers about what it is to be asexual or uh, gender fluid and those kind of things um and you see just this weight lifted off off the kids um and and then the pandemic hit and we you know um we were the only school club that tried to run online because obviously you know you can't have tennis club online and when are you stuck behind a screen and even in the pandemic it it, I, it was it was it was very very illuminating for me because obviously you were in spaces family spaces and a lot of kids felt that they can be themselves at school but home is almost a step too far so the thought of 
you know, a, a mum and dad walking into a bedroom while they were on this kind of Teams meeting, um, you know, with other people, and then them go, "Why are you on? Why are you? Why, why is there a club? Why? Why are you doing this?" Um, so we were, we'd kind of got to a kind of peak of maybe 25, 30 kids coming along at a lunchtime. And then the pandemic hit and we went down to two, just two kids who came along. But for those times of pandemic, if that were the two kids that needed to have a space and have someone to just then, then it was brilliant. So then we came back after the pandemic and I was like, you know, OK, what's it going to be now? And it has completely evolved, completely switched. So now the the sole attenders are year sevens, eights, nines, and a smattering of year tens. It's completely skewed the other way. And it's almost like, and again, this is only anecdotal. It's only sort of a perhaps, um, you know, my opinion. It's almost like that kind of pause of the pandemic allowed a lot of kids to go, okay, and maybe they did some reflection, maybe they did some research, or maybe it's just that the legacy of section 28 is dying out more and there is more teachings about it at primary schools and those kind of things but we've now got essentially the lgbt plus space has turned into a crash and there are all of these lovely kids who run around and they just come and they eat their lunch um and they're silly and they are happy and they talk to each other and you know my model of how i used to run the lgbt plus basis you know kind of used to have a theme like, okay this month we're going to talk about um you know, uh, LGBT pop culture and who are your icons and those kind of things. And now you say, right, we're going to have a theme. And they're like, can we just talk? And we go, okay, that's fine. Um, and now, weirdly, the group has evolved so much that the older students come along and they're like, they go, sir, it's, it's a bit noisy. And it's a bit like there's all of these bouncy kids are all jumping around. Can we have our own space? So we're about to split the LGBT plus group into two halves so that we'll have a kind of young group and then a kind of more um we're not gonna we're gonna call it sort of equalities advocacy and, and and teach them about social activism and rather than just be lgbt we're going to do misogyny and women's rights and you know black rights and those kind of things but again that's been joyous to see the evolution of 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 this because there are still thankfully some six formers that come along because i think that it would be it would it's so lovely for those younger students to see the older ones and see right okay well they're trans and that person's non-binary and they're you know and that's brilliant uh, and i'm always nervous that that would go so i've got a good sort of hardcore group of the, the older ones that are like okay i'll come and help you you know with the with the little ones um but but yeah it's 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 just um it's just great it's just lovely uh, to be able to see that and you know we've had some some tough tough kids who have had real tough experiences with their parents of not accepting disowning their pet you know their, 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 their child um and it's been you know i i think of one particular case where um social services were involved the 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 the, the students um she had to be taken essentially out of her home um and we went to every single kind of support group and went right how can like what would your advice be and they were like we've never dealt with this sorry um we went to the police yeah we've never dealt with this sorry uh, and essentially this 
this student was being due to their religion had been completely disowned persecuted you know tortured um mentally um and we went to every you know as a school we went everywhere we went to domestic violence charities we went to you know social services we went to the police and every single one went yeah sorry we don't know what to do and we 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 made that work for that student and that student now is in their second year of university you know loving life you know with experiencing a whole nother place in a whole nother city um and you know we've we've had students move to our school because um of the way that we um accept trans students um uh, we had a student who still lives locally I, I see them all of the time uh, out and about um and they joined up that they had gone to one of the nhs conferences because they just needed a space where they could be seen and be authentic and they you know saw it on the internet and got some tickets to go along and then they saw us um, speak as a school and then they sort of came and asked to move kind of halfway through year 10 which is a tough time to move because you're mid GCSEs and does do you do the same exam boards and all of those kind of things and they said you know they came out as trans uh, at their school and their school sat them down with their parents and went yeah we don't know what to do with you um you're going to be our guinea pig so we're just going to kind of see what happens and to be told that you know face to face we don't know what to do with you um we've never had anybody like you so we're just going to kind of make it work and how that child must have felt to be told that and then they came to kind of have a meeting with me in the school and i said you know we've had students who are trans here it's completely we will go at your pace if you want to go in those toilets go in those toilets if you want to go in our gender neutral toilets go in our gender neutral toilets if you will we'll play it completely by you know yeah we'll, we'll do do what you want and and, and I, I am under no illusions that you know um there is still homophobia in our school biphobia transphobia there are still people who say that but we have very clear, robust policies and homophobia, biophobia, transphobia is on the same level as racism, uh, racism, misogyny, uh, Islamophobia. And that's really, really important. So I'm not going to be kind of saintly and say that nasty words and comments aren't still said in British schools. They are. But it's really important that, you know, that those things are dealt with. Um, you know, uh, uh, and that student came to our school, had a brilliant time at, at um, GCSEs, got their grades, came to the club every every Wednesday lunchtime, and then now is again out being authentic. And I see them out in you know the local town, and I've bumped into them in bars and stuff. Um, and you just get a big warm hug, um, and you know, it's it's stuff like that, um, and yeah schools schools are places that should be that that should be about visibility and acceptance and authenticity no matter who you are um you know and if we can provide a space for people to question to experiment to explore um you know i always say to the kids when they come 
on you know a, to a to a, an LGBT plus base. We never take a register. We never ask them to say you know hi, I'm Connor and I'm bisexual. We never we never do that. If the kids want to, that's that's there, you know. But if they want to come and listen to other people and hear other people's stories, you know, um, the last week of term we just watched Heartstopper as a kind of end of term kind of you know, uh, and we had fifty kids, fifty five kids in a room, just all with boxes of popcorn, just kind of watching. And for me, as a kind of thirty year eight year old sort of gay man to watch these kids just sat there and the moments when you know there was a brush of a finger or a holding of hands and to see them all go yay is just you just kind of go this never existed when I was young um and how things could have been if it did uh I don't begrudge the experience you know I've, I've learned a lot about myself and you know sometimes the, the tough things make you stronger and more resilient um but I, I hope that kids find William Farah a safe space where they can be them and if we can help them get to a place where you know sometimes kids say I really want to tell my mum and dad um can I do it at school because it's a neutral space and you know we can do that um you know but I think you know there is there's no there's no playbook there's no there's no guide to being LGBT plus um and I just hope that schools stay spaces and some schools aren't i know that uh, I, ho- I hope that schools still stay places where um kids can can be them whatever them is you know yeah i mean I, it's so important and like listening to you talking there as well reminded me of some of the conversations i had before we uh held the awards event even just simple things where I thought well it's we're live streaming it you can watch it from home and a student had reached out and said well actually will you be recording this and putting it up Mm. later on because I can't watch that at home yeah people that my parents don't know and I don't want them to know or people that I've approached to be on the pod have kind of said yeah but we need to work around when I'm recording because I I can't record this at home yeah Um, and little moments just thinking back to my own um childhood growing up of kind of sneaking it was it was one of the things I really kind of found powerful at the time when we were sit, all sitting in that room at the awards was the fact that it was across the road from Canal Street and that was my first vision on the television of kind of a gay world when I kind of used to sneak upstairs and watch Queer as Folk on telly and, and hope yep. that nobody and turn the telly down and hope that nobody was going to kind yep. of know what I was watching and stuff so the importance of safe spaces and again it was one of the reasons why I wanted to set the awards up as well is because we need to have these places where young people feel supported like you're saying they can explore who they are and if schools aren't the place to do that then where are they in my opinion well, as um, I, I completely agree and I and I think that um again I'm I am I think one of the things that my journey has kind of taught me is, um, and again, I'm, I'm stealing the line because it's a quote from uh, Pride the movie. Um, you know, the 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 the, the incredible activist um, Mark Ashton says, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's his actual line or it's just written in the 
in the in the scripts but he says you know i find it completely illogical why i would campaign for lgbt rights but i wouldn't campaign for workers rights or women's rights um because um you know it, we're, we're human beings and we all have all of these different spectrums to our personality you know um i've learned a lot about intersectionality and, and those kind of things um and i know that i'm in a very privileged position as a white cisgender um gay man um but so much of our community and again this is a very personal um perspective and again it, it comes from the shame and guilt that i had i held all of those safe spaces that i could have gone to at arm's length the bars the clubs the the spaces because the image that had been sent to me in the 80s and the 90s was that if you want to go and find your tribe and you want to go and find out people people like you you've got to go to a city and you've got to go to these bars and clubs and spaces. And I had been taught that those bars and clubs and spaces were seedy and dark and you would get into all sorts of, you'd be preyed upon. And that was the message that I was force fed by newspapers. You know, when you looked at gay characters on TV, they were always sad and lonely and depressed and struggling with drugs and addiction. And so my, the message that I got as a young kind of queer human was all of that stuff where you could find happiness and safety is dark and dangerous and seedy don't go there um and in a way you hit the the nail on the head that still is kind of the case you know i was i lived in a rural kind of town I, you know there, there weren't any gay spaces that i could sneak away to if i wanted to i had to get on the train for an hour to go to birmingham uh, and then go there um, you know, even Lincoln has one one gay bar, um, and because it's it's a lovely space that's uh, it's maintained really really well, but it opens at ten pm. It's the way that it, it runs is that it opens at ten pm and it closes at something ridiculous like five five am, and so as a young LGBT person, if you live in Lincoln, which is a city there is no space for you to go to. You can obviously create your own spaces and that's not to stop you going to a cafe or a restaurant and meeting up with your chums. But there, if, if you want to engage in those first tentative, really vulnerable, nervous steps, if you're LGBT+, plus, you know, the traditional spaces of bars and clubs are, are not available to you as a young person. So as you absolutely rightly said, if it's not schools, where is it? Where is it? And then my worry and my, the thing that I say a lot and the thing that the kids always say is we live in a wonderful world of the internet and you can get anything at the touch of a button and on your phone and those kind of things. But the kids often say, I want to know the right places to go. Like They know that the internet is full of you know, people who are willing to exploit and prey on them and those kind of things. So even they go, but I, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to find out what it is to be asexual or aromantic, and I don't know where to go. Um, and students have said you can endlessly scroll through Reddit forums and this, that, and the other, and then sometimes see messages that perhaps you weren't ready for or didn't want to see, or might then, you know, there's there's no person that just goes, "Hi, how are you?" You know. Um, is there anything you want to talk about and those kind of things 
So you are 100 percent right. If it's not schools, where is it? Um, and, you know, essentially, Section 28 made schools a no go area for anything LGBT plus. Um, but there are still the, it, it, the, the ghost of Section 28 still hangs around. You get people, you get staff, lovely, warm, kind, caring members of staff who, as I said earlier, just want to do the right thing. And they come to the inset that's run by our kids and they go, I didn't, I didn't know I was allowed to say it. I thought I would get in trouble. And you kind of go, really? Like, really? Well, I just, you know, because as teachers, you don't want to get anything wrong. You want to do a really, really good job. I'm a hundred percent convinced that teachers just want to do a good job. And, you know, they don't want to get complaints you don't want to get things wrong you want to make that kids experience whether it's in an english classroom an art classroom a geography classroom whatever it is you want to make that kids experience the best it can be you want them to enjoy it and you want them to feel seen and you know our community like you said in that example about i want to watch the awards but i can't watch it live our community now does seem to be in two spaces mm-hmm. the internet and in bars and clubs um and i know that in perhaps you know bigger bigger cities it's easier like you said canal street uh, you know the the hearst street to birmingham soho you know you have these little meccas um but i often think and again this is pie in the sky me thinking you know where where's the kind of you know the lgbt coffee shop that the kids can walk past just like the kids walk past the lgbt plus space in, in in my school and look through the door and go oh can i go in there you know um i've i i've got a big old um rainbow flag up in in my classroom just in the back corner it's just hanging off the wall um and i'm sure some kids come in and go they're doing the gay thing again but for every kid that comes in and sees you know a, a badge on my lanyard or a thing and goes oh okay it's cool to be here um, you know, and I make mistakes all the time, you know, and sometimes I will, you know, I'll get a wrong pronoun or uh, uh, those kind of things. But the kids just simply say, it's totally fine. Apologize once, don't make a big deal out of it and move on. Um, and I, 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 I've become, I, I have to be the gold standard now. So my, my, thankfully, my, the mistakes I make are few and far between, um, because otherwise I'd look like an awful human being, wouldn't I? Um, but 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 yeah, the teachers just want to do the right thing, but they're so scared of getting in trouble. Um, and so when you hear again, it's like the 80s, 90s all over again, when you hear the media talking about, you know, well, we don't think, you know, it's that it's that um, it's that line that um, uh, the uh, the horror that Margaret Thatcher was, you know, that we're, we're giving people the inalienable right to think that they can be uh, homosexual. Um, and you can almost hear those words in, you know, we're giving, we're giving, teaching children that they, you know, have an inalienable right to question their gender. And it, you just hear it and you, it all comes flooding back. And it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a scary time in education at the moment, which is why, you know, spaces the you know the queer student awards that celebrate so much you know the campaigns the 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 role models the the groups it's so heartwarming to know that they're out there 
and you know will will dig their heels in and say do you know what actually it's right it's right that we do this um so yeah it's a it's an interesting time being lgbt plus again um for lots of reasons so yeah it sure is and i mean congrats again on um both of the awards one for great for being that visible role model um lots of fantastic examples there that you've been sharing of kind of even if you're not recognizing them I'm recognizing them and reminding myself of the things that I read in your uh, nomination as well um and the work that you're doing with the the space within the school there um before I let you go Chris I've asked everybody that comes onto the pod to name a queer anthem and you said Mooners I know a place why did you pick that just out of interest um so um again I think that um, my my experience of being LGBT plus has been very much self-taught. It was the, as you said, the the sneaky moments of seeing queer as folk, of watching it uh, with the the remote control ready to turn it off, and those kind of things. Um, and I think I saw it in I saw it in two next. Netflix films or, or, or series. So one uh, one was called um, Alex Strangelove and um, it was in a, a scene there. And then I also saw it in the trailer for um, uh, Moore, Pin, uh, Armistead's uh, Tales of the City uh, set in San Francisco. Right. And I just, I, ju- I saw it uh, and, and particularly the trailer for that series was just this joyous, colorful, kind of celebration of what it was to be queer to be lgbt plus all of these different ethnicities identities all together and it's such it's such a joyful song it's just you know and um muna um i think they're a a queer band um uh, I'll, i'll be honest i haven't super looked into their identities and those kind of things um but um they're a kind of female collective um and they just make music that um, is visible and sort of unapologetic about being, you know, as part of the, the queer community. So, you know, the, the line of the, um, uh, you know, the, the, I know a place is, you know, I know a place where you can go and be yourself and those kind of things. And I think that whenever I hear it, it always makes you smile, always um, fills me with kind of joy. And there are some beautiful lines in there where, you know, um, that sort of attest to the, the queer experience. There's a line in the, the song that talks about um, when, when your bruises are your body's way of kind of protecting you. And, you know, we as a LGBT community, we are going to get knocked from time to time and there are, will be battles and there will be things and the fight's not done yet, but there is a place. Um, and I've taken my time to find mine. Um, but, you know, I, I know a place where I can kind of, you know lose myself and that for me as a human it's always been music music has always been my little comfort blanket it, i it's never I, I, a silence just makes my brain work too much so there's always music on in the background always somewhere um so yeah I, I, it's just it's just the opening bars of it i a smile uh, you know goes from ear to ear i love it i could listen to it all day so yeah i wholeheartedly recommend go look it up it's brilliant 
Thanks for that. I'm gonna I'm adding I'm creating a um a YouTube playlist um and maybe even a Spotify and Apple one as well. So I will um put links through to that as well because I actually had to listen to it and then before uh, I came on for this, um and I remembered that I'd heard it before. I was a bit like mm, I don't know if I've heard that. Yeah, but you, you're right about that. Right, Chris, thank you so much for um, joining me um, on the pod. It's been wonderful. Thank you for the work that you do as well. Fantastic. Um, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch. Brilliant. And and Steve, thank you for everything that you do as well. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the visibility is the 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 spaces, the the awards, they're just the most wonderful thing that you can do. So thank you. Thank you as well. Thanks a lot for joining. Um, don't forget to subscribe, switch on your notifications and all of that stuff. Um, and we'll be back next time with another guest on Proud to be Queer. Bye for now. Thank you.